Okay, Mickey, what's up today? What are you, what are you in the middle of? Uh, I'm on vacation, uh, you know, where I work a few hours a day vacation. And uh, we're, we're just north of Richmond, Virginia, uh, at a campground. It's about 100 degrees. And one of my two AC units in the RV is uh, on the fritz. And so I'm tinkering, trying to repair that. Lovely, lovely. I bet you're. Uh, I bet you're sweating profusely too. I can't. I can't imagine. That's. It's not fun to be outside right now. You have a good eight seconds, I think, by the time you um, get outside before sweat starts. <laughs> uh, and and with that, folks, we welcome you to Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. As a reminder, our goal each week is to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics to separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. Mickey and I are actually both calling in from vacation this week, so our goal is to make this episode short and sweet. Mickey, why don't you kick us off by uh, sharing a little bit of what's you know what's been on your mind? I'm specifically interested in uh, any ideas you might have, or or even just thoughts on what are the biggest challenges for enrollment management teams as they think about the fall, uh, and what do you think are some practical solutions to to overcoming those challenges? Uh, you know, it, it's I don't want to spend a lot of time thinking about or, or talking about you know, uh, whether schools will or will, will not open. Um, I'm more interested in just having a conversation about how do enrollment management teams think about and, and begin to tackle um, the challenges that this coming fall will present. Well, Zach, um, I, this is what I am focused on uh, or where I'm, my head is because we're weeks away from the launch of a fall semester and um you know this we're announcing plans that may be all online or early dismissal meaning we're wrapping up early to finish online or some some version of that and what's on my mind is how do i ease those nerves for folks when i may not be having a physical face-to-face orientation sure sure like how can i have that conversation and get them uh, more comfortable um, and so that's, that's the first thing on my mind. Um, you know, the next thing on my mind, because of where we are, uh, in the calendar year, I'm already shifting my thoughts to next fall because hmm. we, uh, we, you know, we start, we, we usually have a month of September to kind of prepare for a standard fall recruitment cycle to, to kick off in October with a lot of travel. Um, but we don't, we don't have that this time. You know, I, most of I've not heard of any typical type of college fair that has been a standard practice still being held in a physical space. Sure. That those are all shifting to virtual. Now, of course, everyone's going to be in that boat, so it's not like I'm unique and alone, the only one having to face it. However, if you're depending on how your teams are set up, depending on your comfort and approach to it. That's a hard thing to do, and there's a lot riding on leads being generated at all of these events. Now, I do know there are people uh, in our world that have argued for a period of time even to say, you know, we should get away from all of this fall travel. Um, We spend a lot of money on it, and it's not necessarily all worth our while. So, um, 
you know, th- there may or may not be merits to it, but regardless, we're stuck in that now and we have to start planning for it. And I would want to have some ideas and thoughts going in August, at least. I know it's a busy time so that when I, September comes around and falls here, I don't have to start from scratch. We can really move into planning the operation, not planning the strategy. Fantastic. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that's coming to mind for me is when it comes to these sorts of fairs, I feel like there's a lot of gratification that uh, admissions teams sort of get. And, it, you know, it feels like like if you're going to if you're going to make the time and you're going to travel, even if it might be inefficient, even if the, you know, uh, the number of qualified leads generated from these events um, may be questionable, it does still feel right like you you, you're at the very least representing your school, you're spending the time to get out there. And at least for some, you know, for most folks, you are having conversations with folks, right? And I feel like you can get a lot of validation from having conversations with prospective students, whether that's visiting, you know, you know, high schools, whether that's at, at an actual fair, whatever it might be. And it'll be really, really interesting in like in a world where those in-person events aren't happening, right? Are admissions counselors, are enrollment management teams going to uh, just have to work harder because they're, they're going to be getting less eyeball time. They're going to be, you know, getting less amount of, of face time with prospects. So it's, it would seem to me that one of the biggest challenges facing enrollment managers this fall is that they're in all likelihood going to have to double down, maybe even triple down on their efforts just to get in front of the right prospects. Would you agree with that? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, um, double down, triple down, sounds <laughs> probably accurate. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working with schools, uh, a, a couple of clients now pretty closely. Uh, and, um, and what they're thinking about doing for fall is, or will be radically different than what, um, we've had in the last, you know, two to uh, maybe 15 years. Um, cause I don't know that they've shifted before and there is a significant lift of effort and time, uh, in planning, um, what I know travel is and, and not just how, you know, how do we do virtual events? How do we attend a virtual college fair and, and do the same, get the same results? It's what are we doing in addition to that? And so when I think of some of the things we're talking about or brainstorming around, um, you know, that to me is, is like doubling or tripling down because it's um, there's going to be more money spent um, than in the past. Fewer dollars available to spend than in the past, most likely, at least for some of the ones I'm working with now. Um, and um, and while we might save dollars on travel, what we're going to spend in other avenues will still be more. Um, and so, you know, right now, you know, we want to double down right now. We have to ensure that we've got the cash to do it, uh, a and B that we have, can effectively make the argument why we're, we're going in this direction and what the implication may be. Um, you know, I think this is the time to start, um, this is the time to start assessing to say, this is realistically where we're going to be in the fall. We have a pretty good idea at this point. This is what it means for us if we're up 2% or down 12% or 5%. Um, and 
we're down that with the pandemic, yes, but we had a normal fall. What happens if we still have a pandemic in the spring um, and a not normal fall? Sure, sure. And what is the impact of being down 4% this year and 10% next year? Or 4% this year and 4% next year uh, in new students? Because if I'm down 4 or 5% two consecutive years in new students, um, then my continuing students the following year are going to be down quite significantly. And so that puts even more pressure for fall 2022 to have a really boom year. And while I want that, I don't want that necessarily to be the minimum requirement to have a boom year because we missed the numbers this much. And so how do we, you know, bring other leaders who, by the way, are also distracted right now, building out plans for an opening um, academically or operationally and building and maintenance wise, um, you know, they're, you know, they're distracted on other things. So how can I get my ducks in a row uh, and prepare what I need to prepare to make that argument? Because we can't wait, you know, I, the way most of our um, fiscal um, years look, we start July 1 and wrap June 30th, a, a large majority of folks in higher ed. And so the budget for this year is set and we may not begin really talking about next year's budget um, until, um, you know, December or so. Well, I need to start pivoting now um, for this year and knowing what that means for future years as well. Uh, and we've already back in, you know, January, February, maybe allocated our dollars, what we're going to have for this year. So now we need to try to pivot and say, I need to do something differently. And, and where's that money coming from? So I want to have that argument ready. So when I get everyone's attention, um, we know what to do, uh, and, and how to get them all to agree and pivot. So, uh, any, any ideas you can share with us on how in, in these conversations you're having with folks, um, um, the specific clients you're talking about or, or others, uh, any ideas you can share with us on how you're encouraging these, these pivots to happen? In other words, what sort of additional beyond, you know, traditional, uh, uh, let's just say virtual college fairs, what other sort of strategies or, or tactics are you encouraging people to, to consider during this moment? Well, so one of the things I like to do in general uh, is to say, you know, what can I do that might be different that others aren't yet doing that helps me stand apart? Uh, and so now one thing I'll share that we're working on, and this is a something for actually this fall 2020, um, for those still undecided folks or maybe folks closer to me geographically that have decided or had decided to attend elsewhere or potentially Last year, um, so I'm talking potential transfers that have attended elsewhere and may want to stay local now. Um, so in those scenarios, we're looking at how do we create a physical event? And this is assuming, of course, you will have a physical opening for the fall, that you will have people on campus. Um, but um, how do we prepare and have a potential physical event to show those students and families what a socially distant fall looks like for our campus. Hmm. That's interesting. So we're preparing classrooms now to show what spacing classes out means. We're looking at what a academic calendar or not so academic, uh, uh, a course schedule looks like. So we have more English 101s to choose from. This is, we, I don't know what other impacts may be in, in adjusting your course schedule. Are we talking Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, like we've seen some campuses do? 
you know, showing how that works, um, looking at what sample schedules are looking like. Because if I had already registered for fall and you made a shift to say Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Wednesday, everything shut down uh, on campus so we can do a deep clean, in that scenario, you probably had to make changes. So what do the actual academic schedules look like? I mean, if you're a current student, you've already figured that out and have been told, but a, a prospective student, maybe not. Uh, and they may be enrolled in an institution that's going to be only online. And if you have some hybrid version of that plan, what is it? And let's show that. Let's let them feel comfortable. Give them that opportunity. And that's um, something that uh, we're working with a couple of schools to do. Uh, and and I, we're pretty excited about it, I think. So uh, there, there's some potential. And, you know, it is something that we can do that no one else is doing. Uh, so at least for these particular uh, campuses, um, others around them are not. No, I, I think that's an absolutely fantastic idea. And I have not heard of anyone uh, doing something quite like that yet. So, uh, you know, props to you all. I think that that will be really interesting to see how, how that unfolds. And hopefully you guys can, uh, uh, you know, get, get a videographer or, or somebody to come down and, and almost capture what that experience actually looks like. Because I think that that would be um, a, you know, fantastic uh, uh tactic for others to to replicate within their own context again assuming they have the the resources to do so but i i love that idea and i love i love i love that idea because you know some folks might be thinking about doing something like that for admitted students right or as sort of like an alternative to to a traditional orientation but i love how you guys are how, uh, thinking about it and encouraging your clients to thinking about think about it um uh, as a recruitment event as well. Uh, so that's that's fantastic. Uh, love that. Uh, and one of the things that, that I would just add that I think um, folks really, really, really need to be thinking about if they're not already is their website. And we've talked about the importance of the the university website on on this podcast a few different times now. But you know, more and more and more as as schools roll out uh, plans to be mostly virtual or have some sort of kind of hybrid model, the the university website is really going to need to become more of a resource. Like it's it's really going to uh, need to expand way way beyond being a sort of digital brochure of your your programs, your faculty, your your current students. And one of the things that I've been um, sort of obsessed with lately is this idea of encouraging enrollment managers in particular to rethink at least the website pages that they have control over, right? Like how can they transform their, the websites, the admissions website, uh, website pages, um, anything that their teams do actually have the power and authority to control. How do you transform those pages into true, uh, um, resources that are oriented towards student service, student success. And what I really mean by that is how do we, you know, reduce any, uh, and all friction that we can on those particular website pages. And I think for, for many folks, like in an ideal world, you could meet with your your uh, uh, Marcom team or whoever kind of owns the website and work with them to uh, you know maybe your your website pages need a, a brand lift maybe they need um, you know a UX designer to come in and, and help with content pathways etc. But um, I really 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 think that the most important asset for enrollment management teams to be thinking about 
as it pertains to kind of recruitment strategies and tactics this fall is going to be the website because in lieu of having, uh, you know, in-person events and in lieu of being able to very easily meet with students on campus and do campus tours, you're going to have to deliver that same experience or as close to that same experience as possible in some format. And that really does need to happen uh, through the context of, of the website. And so for folks that are like, really have, a, you know, their websites are really behind the times. I, I think it's really worth talking to leadership, you know, as soon as possible and, and determining, right? Like what budget do you need to ensure that at the very least the pages where prospective students will land the, you know, the, the most, the, the, let's say the 15 to 25 most important pages on your site that prospective students will visit. How do you ensure that those pages are exceptional? How do you ensure that every page is oriented towards being able to deliver prospective students, the experience that they're looking for and make making it really, really, really easy for folks to give information about themselves, to tell you where they're at in their journey towards uh, towards enrollment, et cetera. And I, I, you know, unfortunately, there are still so many college website and uh, website pages, especially admissions pages that are just really, really lackluster. And we just can't, uh, can't afford that to, to be the case going into the kind of fall that we're going into. So I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on that. And Mickey, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but, uh, my, you know, what's been on my mind recently, uh, in, in particular over, over this just last week, as I'm working through sort of this website project that we're doing, um, for a couple clients is, is really the need to, to audit your current site, especially your admissions pages and ensure that, uh, as much as you can, spend time, spend energy, spend resources, ensuring that those pages are rock solid. Well, I would so yes, do that. Um, that and I would also add to that. Let's be sure that you're looking at your analytics behind the scenes. You know, look at what folks are searching for on your site. What questions are they asking, and how those pivot to be sure that you know those also are pages that are obviously, or questions that you want to be sure are addressed easily that people don't have to have 35 clicks to find an answer to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's uh, an important step. And, you know, we say the, the, the website's a resource. You know, it's time to, to really mean that and define what, the, what do you mean by a resource. I like to think of it as an engagement tool. Uh, it is a place where students um, are engaging with you, even if you're not directly engaging back uh, but it is a place and you have to ensure that it's able to meet what their expectations are with that and not frustrate them. Um, you know, th that's a place where they already start spending a lot of time. Um, but in an online and remote environment, that's where they spend much more time. So we need to be sure that it's, it's connecting those folks and that it makes them feel a part of your community even more than before. Well, and, way more than before. Yeah, yeah, and, and and just to piggyback on that too, it's it's really like this is the moment too to if you haven't spent much time or energy thinking about conversational marketing and exploring things like live chat or exploring things like chatbots, uh, you know, I I would argue that if you're in a situation where you don't you have little to no control over how your website experience, uh, you know, how, how it actually looks, how it feels, right? Uh, ensuring that you uh, you have adopted some semblance of a conversational marketing strategy uh, in, in order to engage uh, pr prospects, right? The, the, the sort of conversational marketing framework that people talk a lot about is, you know, engage, understand, and recommend. So when a user's on your site, engage them, 
ask what they're looking for, ask what it is that you can do to, to be helpful in that moment, uh, seek to understand, right? What is it that, um, what value can your, your university, what value can you, your admissions teams deliver to that prospect in the moment to answer his or her questions? And then three, recommend, right? This is the solution. Here's where you need to go. Go to this page to learn about this, right? Whether that's a chatbot, you know, or hey, you know what? In order to get answers to this, it'd be best for us to book a call and have a conversation about this offline because this is a really specific, you know, query or question or whatever it might be. And I think like right now, right, there's no excuses for bad websites. If you don't have control over that, right? Um, if if you if you are unable to you know go through a major redesign in the next three months right before we kind of get into the heart of the fall, um, that's totally understandable. Most people are probably in a situation like that, but I do think people should explore conversational marketing and really really understand uh, how this can be applied to student recruitment because I think things like live chat, things like chatbots are going to be instrumental going into the fall that we're about to go into. I, I agree. I think we're going to see that. Uh, hopefully schools are in, at least in considering and investigating it more based on, you know, where we are and what their limitations are going to be. Well, Mickey, I know you got to jump and um, I'm going to get back to vacation as well. So uh, I don't know if there's any last, you know, bits of, of things swirling through your mind that you wanted to, to share. Otherwise, I, I think we'll uh, we'll call this one a wrap. I'll just say this as we wrap. Just keep in mind, you know, it is a stressful time. We talk a lot of about things we need to do, the act, the immediacy with which we need to do it. You know, you and I are on vacation this week. I hope others are finding time to find a vacation for themselves as well. So uh, be sure you take time to pause and breathe and, and refresh your mind because we're going to need it in the fall. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, Mark, Zach.